Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. My special guest today is Jason Criddle. He's the founder of Jason Criddle and Associates. He's got a wonderful background. Just get a chance to let me go through his bio right now. Jason is a Christian father, most importantly. He's a husband, investor, endurance athlete, international best-selling author, and the owner of Smarter Commerce and Smarter Marketing. His brands and books have helped hundreds of businesses and thousands of entrepreneurs increase the revenue by millions of new dollars in reoccurring income. He has personally worked with over 150 startups, dozens of the largest fortunes companies, and many tech schools across the United States. After losing his mother to pancreatic cancer in 2021, he went into a deep state of depression, gaining over 50 pounds and losing his sense of self and faith. Now, he has come out of his retirement to turn smarter into his own billion-dollar brand. He has lost 70 pounds, and he is on a mission to remind people about the metaphysical and psychological aspects of building their brands. <clears throat> Our success is directly correlated to how we feel and think about ourselves, as well as the purpose we are hoping to fulfill, Jason says. He also says, spend this year making goals so large that you have to become completely different person in order to achieve them. Jason lives with his family in Dallas, Texas, where he is married and he has a wonderful two children. And with that, I just wanted to tell you, he's also an author of more than 20 books. I don't know what the count is lately, but Jason, how many? A lot of too many. I, I, I keep writing. I can't stop. <laughs> so uh, we're going to hear some more about that. But he has books such as Breaking Laws of Attraction, Outgrow, The Startup Survival Guide, Breaking Point, trainer to trillionaire and many, many more. But that that said, I'm very excited, Jason, to have you on the show. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, that was a that was a significant bio, man. I I, I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can be as impressive as my bio, but I'll certainly try, brother. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do fine. Jason, you got you got a great background, a lot of different things you've done and worked with people and author. But you started your own company, and that's what we want to talk about today. We want, if you can go back in time and think about you know, why you started your company, was it voluntary, involuntary? What's your story behind that? Good, bad, or indifferent? We'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the path that I'm on now kind of started when my daughter started walking. Uh, at the time, I weighed 400 pounds, and I was uh, I was just working in a career field that I didn't like. Um, and uh, I decided that it was time to lose weight and change my life. I lost a little over 200 pounds. I naturally walk around as a 400 pound man. I think I look all right now, you know, yeah. but uh, I naturally walk around as a 400 pound man just because of the way my metabolism works. But in my early 20s, I really wanted to change. And uh, I hired a personal trainer and I started working out, started eating consistently, got into bodybuilding. Uh, became a personal trainer, became a nutritionist, and decided that I wanted to be a personal trainer on my own. And uh, once I became a trainer, I learned that the job of a trainer, uh, you're a, a psychiatrist, you're a personal coach, 
Um, but most of all, you know, people want to make change in their life. And when you're a personal trainer, you're probably one of the only positive forces that that person has in their life. As soon as they start making change and wanting to better themselves and everybody in their life starts dragging them down. And so I decided to become that for my clients that led to writing books. It led to standing up in front of people and talking. Um, and then it really led to learning that the same problems that people were talking to me about in the gym, whether they were talking about their relationships, their kids or their business, they were all the same. And so becoming a trainer gave me the confidence to talk to people. And so I used my gift of being able to talk to people to help people through their problem. Uh, around 2012, 2013, I was consulting with business owners. I was uh, helping them increase their revenue, um, helping them write books like I did, helping them become a little bit more of an authority online. And I saw an opportunity um, because all these businesses needed more referrals, I saw an opportunity to uh, build a piece of software that could help the you know my customers obtain more referrals. And so then Smarter was born. And so Smarter started around 2015. Uh, it's it's had its ups and downs. 2017, we were having one of our best years. We were selling a whole bunch of software left and right. And uh, each app that we put out on the market had 13 bugs in it. Well, Rich, what happens when you sell 100 apps <laughs> that have 13 bugs in it? You know, you have 1,300 bugs out in the marketplace sure. that are actively working to, tell your, to tear your company down. And so uh, in 2018, that was kind of a chance for us to start from square one. And uh, we started building again. Um, Got to around 2020, and then what happened? COVID happened, and the world shut down. And so <clears throat> over all these years, we had put all of this time and effort and everything into building this huge, substantial affiliate marketing brand. And then in 2020, we kind of set it all aside, and we started working on our free stuff, you know, not really caring about the monthly price. And so we, we started building up Smarter Commerce. Smarter Commerce is our merchant processor that processes all, processes all the transactions in our app. Uh, but we, uh, we decided that Smarter Commerce could be a competitor of PayPal. It could be a competitor of QuickBooks. It could be a competitor to, you know, to, to WooCommerce, any of these other companies out there. Why? Just because we have the ability to bring more value to our customers. And so, uh, so now it's 2023. Uh, just started 2023. It's February 1st. And uh, 2022 was uh, my breakout moment. My, like you said, my mom died in 2021 of pancreatic cancer. She was given six to eight months to live and she died four days later. Okay. And so there were a whole bunch of conversations that I needed to have with my mom before she died that I never got a chance to have. And that ripped me apart. And uh, man, I mean, for most of 2021, Jason left the building. <laughs> uh, I just, I went to probably the deepest, darkest point that I had ever been in my life of really, really feeling alone on the planet, you know, not having any parents, not having any aunts or uncles left, 
like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm kind of all alone in the world without, a without anybody to turn to, or at least that's how I felt. And, uh, I felt that way through most of 2021. And then, uh, around 2022, I started gaining confidence in myself again. I went to the gym, you know, I've always told people that whenever they're sick, or if they've been out of control of something for a long time, the first thing that you should do as soon as you want to start feeling better is do something that you're in control of, whether it's like clean up the kitchen or make your bed. For me, it's going to the gym. And so uh, beginning of 2022, I just started going to the gym and working out again. And it was around summer to uh, fall of 2022 whenever I decided that I needed to come out of my shell and uh, really start taking strides to turn smarter into a, a big company, a nationwide company, a global company. And so I had thought about all the years of struggles that I had had and, uh, you know, and the work, the hard work that it got to where, to where I was. And I really felt like I was still nowhere. And I just remember on one night, I asked my family to like go shopping so I could have the house to myself. And as soon as I closed the door, I mean, like the second I closed the door and locked it, I just was over overwhelmed with tears. I dropped to the ground. I told the Lord that I'm a sinner and that I wanted forgiveness and that I had tried so hard for so long to be in control of everything that I had going on in my life. And the more that I tried to put this tight knit grip of control around everything, the further and further I felt from accomplishing my goals. And then I, uh, I just gave it all to God. And since then I, I have tried to treat prayer as something as significant as checking email or going to the gym. And I think that that's been one of my saving graces and one of the reasons why I've actually been able to accomplish more in the last few months than we've accomplished in the last six or seven years is because I wake up knowing that God is in control. I wake up knowing that God's going to guide my steps. God's going to put me in touch with the right people, have the right conversations with the right people. And uh, that knowing would oh my gosh if every business owner knew it if every business owner knew that they could just surrender themselves to this higher power that they believe in and they know it's there but they just haven't voiced it yet then i think we could all i think we could all live in a little bit brighter planet man jason what a what a great story and uh, we're both men of faith so i resonate totally with you about having god our higher power influence our business and our in our lives on a daily basis jason going back in business because again you've been i want i want to catch up later about your writing addiction <laughs> we're talking about that and uh but before we get to that um looking back um putting faith aside if we could just for a second business-wise looking back and starting your own company are there things that you'd say i what i know today i would do differently back then yeah. Um, knowing everything. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Whenever you realize you don't know everything, you have the opportunity to learn a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so one of the, one of my keys, I guess it, it kind of, you know, you, we said, we're going to put faith aside, but the surrender of control, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and entrepreneurs, we have uh, a lot of entrepreneurs I meet, they have the same problem because we all have this idea that we're the best at whatever it is that we do. And that's okay. It's okay to be the best at whatever it is you do. If that's what your passion is, if that's what your drive is, is that if if what you're doing is what makes you an entrepreneur, that's fine. But just because you're really good at that thing doesn't mean that you know how to budget. It doesn't mean that you know how to sell. It doesn't mean that you know how to manage more than one person beside yourself. And so if I could do anything over again, it would be to let go of my ego in the very beginning, and then invite people, not just randomly run across people that I thought, well, maybe this person can do some good. And then as soon as they told me something that I needed to know, I allowed it to trigger me. And then I broke off the relationship with them. I would invite people into my life to critique what it is that I'm doing to help me evolve into a better person. Because one of the biggest things that I've learned is One, I'm a child of God. And two, so is everybody else. And so there's a lot of times whenever you're stuck in a situation and you can't possibly get past the problem by yourself and God is sending you somebody to help you. But how you accept that help can push you forward by two or three months in your path it can make you fall backwards by five years in your path. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so common, especially with a small business, uh, just because the, the, you know, your center of influence is smaller. Uh, we can never get out of our own way. You know, that's, that's the common theme that we hear small businesses. A lot of times I, I have to do it. I'm the only one who could do it. And people are trying to help them and they just can't get out of their own way. So to be able to surrender that and let people kind of into your life and mentor you and guide you and critique you, uh, it takes surrender and it takes some putting your ego aside. Uh, So I appreciate that. Jason, I know you went through some struggles, both personally and business-wise, but you've done some great things too. Uh, Any decisions you've made in the past you think that would be catalyst to your success? Making the decision to be a father, you know, um, my daughter was raised or she was, you know, the other half of the other half of where my daughter was living the first few years that she was on the planet. She was experiencing an abusive childhood, uh, living in an abusive home. And um, and so a lot of people, you know, they have their reasons for becoming an entrepreneur. They're working a nine to five. They're tired of their boss. Um, I was a personal trainer at the time and I had started building a career around having freedom with my schedule. And then I had custody of my daughter. And so I knew that I wanted to homeschool her one day. I knew that I wanted to be there for her. I was a latchkey kid. I was raised by a TV and I knew that I wanted to be there for her every day in ways that my parents weren't. And so the, you know, the decision to become an entrepreneur was her. It was my desire to be there for my child every day. And so I kind of had to make things work. 
because you still have bills to pay. You still got to pay rent. You still got to pay for your car. You still got to take care of the rest of your family. You still have to take care of all your responsibilities. And, you know, how can I do that while running my, at the time, like I said, it was my personal training business. And so, uh, so I figured out how to take my daughter to the gym with me and it worked. And since then, she's even become a little entrepreneur. My daughter has uh, uh, her first published book out. Uh, it's a design book that she put out a few years ago. She has a podcast where she reads children's books. It's called Storytime with Emma. Uh, it can be found on CastBox. So there's over 1,100 episodes of her reading children's books. She started when she was six years old reading to kids in Tanzania. And we were sending them audio clips. And then one day we decided to start putting this on uh, a podcast and it just never stopped. That's, so that's, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Of course, man. Stories, stories by stories with Emma is what it's called. Yeah. Story time with Emma. Story time with Emma. We'll make sure we put that in the notes too. give her some, give her a plug. All right. So it doesn't surprise me. She's an author already, but right, let's talk a little bit about book writing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're on a you're on a roll here, my friend. Where'd that passion come from? How do you, people struggle to get one one piece of content out, and you're on twenty plus books. I don't even know what the number is. Uh, tell where'd that come from? And I, I'm going to ask you: Is there a favorite book you wrote too? Uh, so all my favorite ones are like the ones that I haven't come out with, right? Uh, yeah. But one favorite one it has it has nothing to do with motivation or business or inspiration. Um, it's a parody. I, I wrote a book. I'm sure everybody that's a parent has heard of everybody poops. It's a book that's there to teach our kids how to poop. Uh, I gave it to my daughter whenever she was three or four, you know, and would read it to her so that she could learn how to potty train. And, uh, right around the time she was like four or five, I was trying to, I was trying to talk to her about situations that I've had in my life where I knew friends of mine uh, like had a little accident in their pants. <laughs> and so I came out with a book called everybody poops in their pants at least once in their lifetime. And so it's just me telling my daughter, my five-year-old daughter stories of friends that went out, they were sick, they had the flu, they got drunk or something like that. Like I said, it has nothing to do with business, but that's my favorite book out there. It's a parody book. That's, that's it. Right. So I saw the title. So that's thank you for the story behind that. All right. right. But this, this passion to write. Okay, it must just flow out of you. Nobody can write 20 books or more uh, unless it's, it comes more naturally to you, or is it something that you had overcome? Yeah, so I, uh, I tell everybody that I became an author before I became a writer. My first book was Trainer to Trillionaire, and it took me about nine months to write it from start to finish, edit it, publish it, um, get it out. And then during that time, I would always take notes uh, I would just open up a Google, uh, I would open up a Gmail draft. Uh, and then I would start writing based on a topic. I would write like a post-it note. I had an idea in my head, take a sentence. I'd write it on that post-it note. Then later I would take that post-it note and I would turn it into a paragraph or a chapter, just depending on, um, you know, how far the inspiration took me. And then before I knew it, by the time I finished my first book, which was like 22,000 words, I had over a million words of content sitting there in my Gmail drafts. Hmm. And so I, then I started taking this content and placing it in other places and 
writing chapters and everything that would correspond with it. But I guess, you know, the funny thing is, is it all comes back to faith. Whenever I write, there's times where I, I'll write an entire chapter and then I go back and I read it and I'm like, whoa, like I didn't know that before <laughs> because I really feel like whenever I sit down and I just let go, like God starts writing through me. And I, I have absolutely no control over it, but it just falls into the same reason why you have this podcast. Everybody talks about the ABCs of selling. The ABCs of selling for me are always build content. If you want to get ahead in your life and your business, especially in the year of 2023, where we can all be Googled, then affirmations, affirmations do not hold a candle to what a big steaming bloody sweaty pile of work does and so it's it's one thing to sit in a mirror and tell yourself that i'm successful it's another thing for the world to be able to openly find your successes mm. yeah it's a great wisdom great wisdom okay i want to take a commercial break here uh let's talk about smarter maybe in fact i'll leave that to you uh, take a couple of minutes, uh, tell us about customers you're looking for. Uh, if you want to promote a book, you want to promote smarter you know, commerce. Uh, this is your time. Uh, go tell us, take it away. It's, it's your commercial break. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, so right now we are, uh, we are globally penetrating the affiliate marketplace with the smarter marketing app or smarter app, so to speak. So anybody, that sells a product or service for their business, most people are looking for new customers. Uh, nine out of 10, or, you know, small businesses, nine out of 10 of their customers come from repeat and referrals, like word of mouth marketing. And so even though as a small business, we constantly ask our friends and our family to send us new customers, uh, it's really hard from the perspective of the customer who's who's hoping to get like a $10, you know, a $10 finder's fee or 20% of a sale uh, just for sending you a new customer. So the Smarter App Company has an affiliate program through Smarter Marketing. Anybody can create their own multi-level affiliate marketplace. And so basically what that means is Rich sells widgets. And so Rich has his own widget smarter app people download the widget smarter app riches and they uh they make purchases of his products or and or they all get their own unique referral code they can share that referral code with friends and family to bring new customers to rich and then whenever rich whenever those people make purchases whoever shared their referral code makes sales and one cool thing about it is is it pays out on multiple levels so that was just me consulting with multi-level marketing companies and not liking the fact that you were forced to like make a monthly payment in order to sell their product. I figured that a whole lot more people would be willing to participate in a multi-level commission program if they didn't have to pay in order to participate. So this allows any company in the world that's selling a product or a service to create their own affiliate marketplace. Your customers can download your app and they can become your private sales force for your company. Um, we also process all the transactions that are going on in the Smarter Apps, and we do that through Smarter Commerce. And so not only is Smarter Commerce a merchant processor, 
but you guys can take Smarter Commerce, you can hook it up to any number of apps or websites, unlimited numbers, especially for you hustlers that have like 20 or 30 businesses, and you don't want to start 20 or 30 PayPal accounts for all your different websites. You can have everything flowing through Smarter Commerce. You can do invoicing on there. You can do payroll on there where by 2024, you'll be able to file your taxes on there. And so, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, I think Smarter has quite a few tools out there in the marketplace that actually actively help customers grow their, their businesses, as opposed to most pieces of software that are out there on the, out there available for you where you purchase them, but you're kind of just left to the wolves to make it work. We actively put education out. We actively work with our vendors and our promoters to help them increase their sales. Fantastic. Fantastic. I definitely would like to learn more about that uh, in a subsequent call. Um, okay, let's switch gears. 2022, not only some personal challenges, 2021, 2022, 2020 pandemic. Um, we had some rough ride here for people personally and business-wise, uh, but then we're running into 2023, which we have a little bit of a hangover from 2022 regarding interest rates and labor and supply chain, et cetera. But you're a founder of a company, okay? You got to navigate, you, you know, navigate your business. Do you see it as a time to grow, to expand, to invest, uh, to retreat, to uh, you know, hunker down? Uh, that's one question. And, and, and along the same line, uh, how do you deal with yourself personally? I know you're a personal trainer, um, but how do you get yourself up every morning to get to to lead the charge? So two two point two parts to that question. So uh, in order to get up early, you have to go to bed early. And that's really the key. So I wake up at 3.30 every morning. This allows me to be fed, showered, and in the gym by 5 o'clock whenever they open. I don't say that to impress anybody. Not everybody has to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning or 3.30. But the reason why I do it is because I work out like a dog in the gym. And my workout ethic is what allowed me to lose 200 pounds of body fat. It's what allowed me to lose another 70 pounds all over again in the last year or so. It's because not only did I learn how biology works, how the human body works, and how nutrition works, but I actually put it into action. And that's what helps me gain confidence. And so whenever I show up at your door, at 7.30 in the morning to sell you a piece of software and you're groggy and you're sipping on your coffee and you're not wide awake yet, well, I know that I already deadlifted 455 pounds this morning at the gym and you didn't. And that gives me an edge over you whenever I'm selling you my products or services. And so <clears throat> we all have the ability to have that edge and it doesn't necessarily have to be through going to the gym. It can be through waking up with prayer it can be through waking up with uh, affirmations. It could be through any, uh, you know, cold showers, whatever it is. It could be any experience that you feel that you need to have in the morning that gives you that edge. But the most important thing is, is you have to give yourself that experience, whether it's listening to Tony Robbins or going and running five, mils, five miles on the treadmill, you have to do it. And you have to do it before you start your day. As far as where the economy is heading, 
Brother, I saw this a long time ago. You know, I remember when we started the Smarter App Company in 2015, I wrote my philosophy of overconsumption. And I talked about how everything in the world is being torn down based off of the pursuit of the lowest price. And how all commodities, everything that we buy, sell, and look forward to on a daily basis is all predicated upon our idea of the fact that we need to get something cheaper. Well, that desire to get something cheaper has destroyed our planet. We have, we have polluted our oceans, our rivers, our streams, our lakes. We've polluted our air. We've polluted our minds with social media and with overconsumption of TV. And so it all kind of goes hand in hand. I would rather go to bed at night and start my morning fresh than to consume as much food and as much media as I possibly can at night, just so I can stay up later. How many of us are done with our day at seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night, but then we just stay awake until midnight so that we can force ourselves to watch more TV. I would rather create content than consume it. And I see that the world is headed there now. Every single time I wake up and I turn on the news, there's another company laying off 12,000 people. There's another big box corporation that's shutting all of its stores. This is the time for entrepreneurs to take advantage of that. Companies have been over-consuming for so long that they are it's all catching up to them now. And they're realizing that people are starting to realize that that company that calls themselves a hundred billion dollar company on the stock market, it's all completely inflated BS so that they can sell shares to the public marketplace. And so once all these companies start realizing that they're not really worth that much, then what, what happens? They have to lay people off. They have to close buildings. They have to let go of stores. And they have to run lean. Well, who runs lean anyway? Right. We do. Entrepreneurs. We don't have the luxury of just throwing our company in the stock market and raising a billion dollars. We have to make do with what we have. And so one of the reasons why Smarter can be a billion dollar company this year, while all these companies are laying off, while all these companies are closing down, why can we compete with PayPal or WooCommerce or something like that in this day and age? Because we built our company to scale. We built it from the perspective of an investor, not from the perspective of employees stuck inside the business. So we can expand to millions of customers worldwide, and we can do it all with less than six people in the office. And so, you know, even, even the guy that created Five Hour Energy, I remember watching this documentary on them. And by the time they were a, like a 10 or $11 billion company, they still had the same 12 people working for the company that they started the company with. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why they were able to grow globally and make such great profit margins. And still to this day, they're a privately owned company. Entrepreneurs have more skill in here than the top CEOs of the biggest multi-billion dollar corporations because we know how to run our companies lean. And so we can use that to our advantage going forward. 
uh, great, great philosophy. I love it. I love it. And I agree. When you're, I actually found that myself working for corporate America, when you have a lot of people around you, you think you're pretty smart because you could delegate to a lot of people. When you become an entrepreneur and you are the only person initially, you find out how smart you are not. Okay, how much you need to you know figure out how to navigate you know, the things in front of you, and the creativity starts increasing, the perseverance starts increasing, and uh, I always say people have that spirit within them; it just needs to be dusted off. And sometimes entrepreneurship is a way to do that. Um, speak at this finishing up. Speak to uh, both our listeners, to the entrepreneur uh, who has a company and thinking about wanting to grow and expand or diversify. Uh, and to the person who's in corporate America thinking they want to jump off and start their own company, what advice would you give to each of those people? Um, make sure you're doing it to provide value to people. Uh, as silly as that might sound, a business is not in business to make money. And that's the reason why most businesses fail. Someone is sitting at home and they come up with some bright idea for how they can make money. Well, if you have a bright idea for how you can make money, then you probably don't have a very bright idea for how to run a business because no business should exist on this planet unless that business is providing value to customers that customers cannot find in the marketplace on their own. And so the job of a business first is not to make money for the owners of the business. The job of a business first is to take care of customers that it has. You find your customers, you nurture your customers, you serve your customers, you give your customers absolutely everything they can to succeed, whether you're selling them software or personal training. And uh, if you can take care of your customer and remember why a business is a business, then you can build something successful. So whenever you're making your vision board this year, because everybody should make one, and you put your monetary goal at the top of this is how much money I want to make by the end of the year, make sure that you map out a plan for how you are going to nurture your customers that are giving you that much money, or you won't be in business very long. Wonderful. And how about the person who's sitting in at corporate America, whether it's a corner office or middle management and saying, you know, I've had this bug for a long time. I want to start my own company. It's or in 2023, some uncertainty still in the market. Did you tell them to jump? Did you tell them to wait? What advice would you give them? I would tell them to find customers and replace their income before they even start their company. And so one of the things that I see entrepreneurs do a lot is they put a lot of time and effort, energy and money into getting a product to market, even though they've never talked to anybody about that product. But a professional entrepreneur will have that same idea and they'll go find paying customers first. Before you have a logo, before you get an LLC, before you start any of that, Make sure you have paying customers first. Yeah, sound advice. Jason, uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. And on behalf of our listeners, I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy day. We probably stopped you from writing three books today already. And, <laughs> and uh, but being willing to be generous and sharing your not only your faith, but your, your business acumen and your thoughts about how to be successful at your business. So 
Again, Jason, if they want our listeners want to get a hold of you, which is which is the best way for them to do that? You can go to uh, jasoncriddle.com. Uh, it's the easiest way to get in touch with me or anybody from my team. Very good. Well, with that said, I hope you have a great day and I wish you much success. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it, buddy. Rich LeBron here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.